I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to the MVP show. Today we have Elaine Yu. She's a manager at Deloitte Digital who is also a Power Platform evangelist. Uh, She's a new MVP, just under a year at this point. Uh, So join me for the conversation we have on her career and how she got to this point. Full show notes can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 233. Now let's get on with the show. Elaine, welcome to the MVP show. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Thanks for inviting me to your show. Good to have you here. What part of the world are you living in today? I am in Down Under. I'm Melbourne, the best city to live in the world at the moment, or probably not. (laughs) (laughs) If you have been reading the news. At the moment. Yes. So true. So true. So you got lots of problems with COVID-19 restarting again in Melbourne at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, second wave of everything, including toilet paper buying. (laughs) Wow. So is that right? So there's a rush on the supermarkets again? Apparently in some parts of Melbourne, yeah. It's running out of toilet paper again. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) No no pun intended. Oh, wow, that, that is crazy. So tell me a bit about you. You know, how long have you been in Melbourne what do you do? What's your career about? That type of thing. So um, I'm actually Malaysian, if um, some of you do not know. Um, I've been traveling around a bit. <laughs> so I was born in Malaysia, grew up in Malaysia, studied there, started my career there for a couple of years before I moved to Singapore. Um, I lived in Singapore for five years and four years ago, I landed in Melbourne. So I call three countries home. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I've never been to Malaysia. Really? Oh, you Yeah, should. I've been to so many countries, but, but not Malaysia. Tell me, if I was to go to Malaysia, what's the best things that I should do there? Eat. The food. Eat. Okay, t- tell me about the food. What's the best dishes I'm going to order? Oh, goodness. We have so much food, Mark. You, you wouldn't, I can't even name. Like, if you want Chinese cuisine, we have, um, I'll say in Chinese. <laughs> We have things like chi cheong fun, which is like the noodles with duck sauce and meatballs and pork balls. We have pork noodle soup. We have herbal pork noodle soup. If you want spicy, we have prata, roti chanai, curries. Uh, because we have um, lots of races, different races over there. So it's very multicultural. So it speaks with the food as well. You should go one day. Is there any places that I should visit though, specifically? Um, depends. What do you like? So we have islands. You can go island hopping. Um, that is like east of Malaysia where, and then you can go to Borneo, which is really good for diving. And um, there's also the national park. But if you want to just relax with your wife to have a romantic time, I suggest you go to Pangkolaut. So Pangkolaut is a private island. Um, and there's only one resort on the island. And when you pay for it, you get like a villa, your breakfast, lunch, dinner is all settled for. Like you basically don't pay a cent anymore when you're on the island except for drinks. Um, but 
again, all the alcohol tab goes back to your hotel um, expenses. So which means that you can just have martini the whole day and then pay later. <laughs> this, this sounds amazing. Yeah, I love I wonder it. I wonder if I can organize a business trip to Malaysia. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? So, what led you to go to Singapore? Um, I got a. So it's very funny. I was um, I was actually doing .dot net uh development in Malaysia, and I I just wanted a change. So I was being just throwing resumes around, and then this. Singapore company called me. I think they stumbled on my resume somewhere. You know how we used to have monster.com and stuff like that? Yeah, that's how ancient I am. <laughs> so I used to put in my resumes there and this Singapore company that is doing Dynamics called me. So um, I don't even know what is Dynamics CRM that time. <laughs> Malaysia don't have it. So I just Google and said, oh yeah, it's the software for CRM. I thought, why not? So I flew down to Singapore, did an interview and I was hired without any dynamics experience whatsoever. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I landed in Singapore. And then, um, you know how when you move to a place, you just, yeah, you just start to settle in there. And then, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of just live there for a bit. And then um, it wasn't bad. Like I had very good, um, like, project experience over there. Because Singapore, obviously, we do a lot of APAC work there. Also, I stayed on. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then yeah, that's how I ended up for five years. It was fun, like when you're young and earning money in Singapore, it's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just I'm interested in a bit of the logistics of how that all happened. Did did they pay you to fly down to do the interview? No, I I don't know what I was thinking, ma. But then I was 26, and then I was like, oh, Singapore is to me, it's like another state. 45 minutes flight because I was in KL, right? And then I thought I'll just do a trip there and then just go around Singapore for a bit, meet up with some friends. So it became more like a leisure trip with an hour of interview, <laughs> more than an interview trip. Yeah. So I literally just flew down and yeah, just did that interview, came back. I didn't think too much about it. They offered me the two days later. It just happened really fast. And then they start processing my visa. Before I know it, I moved down to Singapore. Wow. Wow. And and that's a, that's the other question I have is how easy was it to get a visa um coming from Malaysia into Singapore? It's easy for Malaysians. Just I think because of the relationship Singapore and Malaysia have. So for Malaysians it's nothing. Like we have about I think if I'm not wrong, I could Google it uh to be confirmed. But they say there's about about twenty million Malaysians in Singapore. Yeah. And a lot of them live across in Johor Bahru, which means they commute every day. Yeah, which is really good because you earn Singapore dollar and then you live in Malaysia. Wow, interesting. And I see you work for NEC in Singapore sometimes. Yes, and that is where I actually was convinced by my teammates from NEC Australia that I should move to Australia. <laughs> Yeah, we did a project um in NEC Singapore where uh, it was a joint venture with NEC Australia. So we have a couple of Australians, project managers, solution architect that was based in Singapore for a bit for that project. Yeah, those were the guys who told me, oh, you should come to Australia. The market there is good. It's a nice place to be. <laughs> So, so did NEC arrange your visa then to Australia? Did you come in on a four five seven visa? No. So, um, is 
it's funny because after NEC, I didn't move to Australia after NEC. I actually moved, I was on contract with NEC for a year. Then I got a job with Fujitsu. So uh, when I was in Fujitsu, um, there were Australian companies who started calling me. Actually, they started calling me since my NEC days, but I didn't think too much about it, you know. Um, but when they started calling me, and then obviously the influence of these Australians that I met in NEC, I thought, why not, right? So the first company that approached me was Empire. Yeah, so we had a conversation, and I nearly joined Empire on a 457, but they pull out later on because I think it takes, they say it takes a long time to get me a 457 compared to hiring an Australian. Oh, yeah, def- definitely. But like when when I worked in Australia, I bought maybe uh, 20 people in on 457 visas from other countries. And it's it's just a known process. You just go through the process. It's, um, you know, yes, you're not a citizen of the country. And so therefore there's different hiring requirements, but it was still a process that that is simple enough to do in my mind yeah I, I i wasn't i don't really know like actually what um is the process like because i'm so new right so when they say oh it's between me and another australian and it's it's faster to hire the australian so they told me to wait on and i, I didn't think too much about it i'm like okay fine whatever <laughs> then Oakton called me uh, i gone through interview with Oakton and Oakton was willing to hire me so at that point when Oakton um started the interview i my colleague in fujitsu also started an interview with Oakton it's really strange right but my colleague was uh interviewing with the chef salesforce team and i was interviewing with dynamics team yeah, and she came up with this idea where she went, like, hey, why don't we just apply the PR since you are interviewing now rather than, you know, going there and get a 457 and stuff. You never know, right? So I thought, oh, yeah, again, I didn't know how much this cost and all. And she wanted to do it. So I just did it with her. I did my IELTS and then and the interview process took a while as well, I guess, because it's um it's outside hiring, right? Like, I think they take a lot of, yeah. So, yeah, so... I did my processing and everything. And by the time Oakton came back to me the third time, they already offered me an EOI. That was how fast my PR process went. Wow. Yeah. So it was quite quick. Yes. I put in, I think I put in in July. I got it in September. I was very lucky. Like it was, it was just kind of like, I felt like it's just meant to be like everything just happened. So I was like, okay, and then Octon offered me a job, and yeah, and I landed in Melbourne. I love it here, so I stayed on. And it was just in the right time, because that means I managed to come in here by January on a PR, instead of a 457, yeah. Wow, so we must have just missed each other, right? Because I left Australia in uh, February 2017. Oh, that's where you left to UK, is it? Well, I went to, well, my wife and I traveled Europe for 18, 18 months. And then at the end of that 18 months, we, we ended up in the UK. Oh, yeah. 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 We just miss each other by a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As yeah. I would have met I, you in user no- groups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have employed you uh, if I'd known you'd want to come to Australia. I would have <laughs> employed you to, oh, God. Back, back then I, I was working for S- SMS, Management and Technology, but of course they don't exist anymore. They've been a quiet, haven't they? So I see. And so then just moving forward, you you went to Barhead and Barhead um, was relatively new at that time, wasn't it? It was a relatively new company. Yeah, it was. When I joined Barhead, I think there was only three, four of us in Melbourne. 
Yeah, it was um yeah the start. So of Andre day. would have been with you. Yes, him? it was me, Andre, Kaitan, and yeah, the delivery manager. Yeah, so it was just four of us. Yeah, it was a very good time. <laughs> yeah, very cool, very cool. Now, how did you get involved with TDG? I see you're a community lead in that, and so is that was that your foray into getting heavily involved in the community? Uh, of TDG, so. I started, how did I get started with TG? Oh, yeah. So it happens with, um, I started playing with Power Reps. And then um, someone sent me a link and said, hey, join this TDG page. They have some resources. So I joined as a member. And then Chris Huntingford did not approve me as a member. <laughs> so I dropped him a message and said, hey, can you approve me? And then he linked me up with Will, and that's how I know Will. And one night I was building this, um, oh yeah, so I was building this app to make fun of Sahan when he got his MVP. Uh, it was this few MVPs dancing, and I couldn't figure out how to make the the curtain opens and closes. Um, and so happened, I saw Will online in LinkedIn, and I messaged him. And few days later, Will asked me, "Hey, do you want to join TDG as a TDG leader?" I didn't know what was that. I actually thought it was a dodgy message. <laughs> Sorry, Will, for listening to this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this a scam. <laughs> No, no, but but any anything come from Will Dorrington, definitely I can see how how that could be interpreted. Yeah. So <laughs> I sat on a message for a bit, and then I kind of blurted out to Lisa Crosby, and she's like, "Oh, I got a message as well." And then she told me about it. I'm like, "Oh, okay, Bobby is legit." And so I responded to Will, "Hey, can you tell me more about it?" That was how. Yeah, that was how I got involved. I can't. I, I didn't tell Will till today that I think it's a scam, but I really thought it was a scam that time. It just doesn't sound so true, so true. Now, what's and, and TDG has evolved, of course, I and mean, you've been involved recently in lots of hackathons, a global hack. I know we worked together um, around that for the Australia and New Zealand and India time zones. What what's your level of involvement in the community these days? Um, so now I do more presentations through the COVID and all, lots of virtual presentations. Um, I did a couple of panels where they asked me to talk about um my experience. I've done one internal in the company. Um, there's one upcoming one which is the woman in tech business application. Yeah, they're about career and stuff. I actually want to create more content, but it's just yeah, it's just a bit hard to balance things out these days. So my aim is, yeah, to start creating more content in a month or two once things got settled a bit. Because I'm still trying, it's strange, but after a few months, I'm actually still trying to work out my whole schedule. <laughs> my schedule kind of got mixed up since the whole work from home and everything. Despite, I know, ironically, we should have more time, but for some reason, I feel that I've been using my time with other stuff. <laughs> I I seem to have a better schedule workout when I was going to work. It's strange. Yeah, yeah. It's because of the triggers. You know, triggers when you go to work, it sets your mind into a certain mode and you know what you have to do through the day. And I think the, with everybody working from home, a lot of those triggers changed. You know, the things that naturally just would prompt you without even thinking to do something else. You know, um, I've found it's definitely affected me, even though I had been working from home for the last two years. Um, it was quite different under COVID situation. 
Yeah, I think the brain doesn't switch off naturally, like between working hours and non-working hours. It doesn't seem to have that timing anymore, which is yeah, kind of odd. Yeah, so true, so true. So tell me, how did you become an MVP? Uh, so um, after the hackathon, after the first global hackathon, Will nominated me. Will did. Yeah. Oh, he's a good Will man. Nomi- yeah. He, he convinced me that I should do it. <laughs> I remember his words. He's like, it's okay. At least you get recognition. Yeah. So I said, oh, why not? <laughs> so he nominated me and then, yeah, I put this. Yeah, putting my contribution. Yeah, and yeah, it happens. And what's your experience been of the MVP? How long have you been an MVP? Since December 2019. So not very long, actually. Six, seven months. Okay. And so what's your experience? What do you what do you feel about the program now that you're in it? Um, I think the best part about being MVP are the resources that you get and the people that you meet. Like the MEP committee is just awesome. I met people like you. Um, and then obviously there's those Saldos guys in UK like Rory, Michelle. I'm not sure it's Michelle or MVP, but yeah, I get to know people around. And um it's like like you meet like minded people you can share stuff with. Um and then obviously you get to know the NDA stuff that's happening in Microsoft, you get to give your feedback, which I think really good because um, I really like the product. I mean, as much as, you know, there's the love-hate relationship sometimes <laughs> with, with Dynamics, but yeah, but I've, I've liked it enough to stick around for 10 years doing Dynamics. So it's good to be able to, you know, give some feedback on what I think and hopefully see some improvement because I think there's still some lacking areas. Like as much as they improve it, there are certain things which I feel Microsoft did not consider, like the emails. <laughs> yep. What do you mean by emails? Email templates. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. Because <laughs> we get this complaint every time we do implementation with a customer. It's not something new. And I'm I'm just surprised with the whole UCI and stuff. Like we have improved the UI so much. We have not actually looked into some basic things. And yeah, I'm I'm glad to be able to give my feedback on areas like that. Yeah, I mean with with email, right? Things like putting slugs and stuff into messages. So, you know, dear, whoever their name is, that type of thing. That should all be, you know, autocomplete type scenarios yeah. now, right? You should be able to t- type the at symbol. You shouldn't have to go um, o- open entity, select field on entity. Is this the one you, yes, it <laughs> is. Clip. Okay. 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 Right. And like, you know, 10, oh, it's not 10 steps. So it's like at least five steps to just add somebody right to a form. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think you should also be, give you a, allow you to put business rules in the email template. Probably it's too much to ask for, but it's a valid use case. Because I've, I've done three templates just because we need to have different wordings, a couple of different wordings diff- based on different scenarios. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, well, it's been, it's been interesting to have you on the show and I've learned so much about you. Before you go, are you ready for your quick fire questions? Yeah. You are? So these are random, right? Okay. These are totally random. Let's go. If you could switch places with one of your friends for a day, who would it be? Lisa Crosby. <laughs> Why? Oh, I would I would love to do what she do for a day. 
Mm, okay. Yeah, That's just running webinars, you know. I love it. <laughs> awesome. You should you should do that for your current company. Oh yeah. Um, when the time when the right time comes, the whole the whole situation now doesn't help. <laughs> totally, exactly right. Okay, here's the next one. Would you rather be proposed to in private or in front of your family and oh, friends? Private, definitely. <laughs> Okay, what's what's something you did as a child that your parents still retell the story about? No, my parents have not told any stories about my childhood. Or maybe because I don't meet them so often anymore. I don't remember. <laughs> They're so sad. <laughs> okay, when was the last time you cried and why? Oh, yesterday when I watched this movie on Netflix. Um, it was about this... Um, it was about this girl. I think she was kidnapped. I can't remember the movie title. It was just a random series I was watching. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which session? Which season fits your personality? Summer, winter, spring, or autumn? Autumn. I'm an autumn mm, girl. What? <laughs> okay. And what was your first job ever? Like this could be while you're a teenager, anything. What was your first job? I was distributing Nescafe coffees. In the supermarket. Wow. Wow. Okay, very good. Elaine, it's been great to have you on the show. Before you go, where can people follow you online? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Just search for my name. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Again, search for my name. My name is not the easiest to spell, but because it's so unique, if you search for it, it's definitely only one name. I've tried. If I just Google Elaine, I will come up first. Hey, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that and found the experience um, or the experience of uh, Elaine helpful and may assist you in your career journey on your path to becoming an MVP. Remember, full show notes can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 233. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365Guy. See you next Thursday. <laughs>